Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Healing Me First podcast. Stories of breakthroughs, transformation, and healing. I am your host, Chef B, author, educator, health coach, raw plant-based chef, and owner of Inyansipo Wellness Institute. I happen to know some pretty amazing healers and health seekers, and I'm bringing their stories of healing, elevation, and introspection to you. I hope that you will be inspired as much as I am by these stories and will use them on your wellness journey. So tune in, y'all, and let's get to healing. Greetings, everyone, and this is our Healing Me First podcast episode with Lanice Dazzle Harris of We Create Shops. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Today we are talking about healing, manifestation, and the work of internal work, right? Right? Mm -hmm. The healing work of internal work. (laughs) And this is the work of Lenise Dazzle. I want you to tell them a little bit more about what you do, your background. And I'm going to tell the the folks who are listening, she's my cousin. This is one of my my first cousins. (laughs) a uh, graduate of Howard University. And I just want you to tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here and share the work. <laughs> so I teach women how to have an abundant perspective. Um, I help them to look at their beliefs, the ones that are limiting, and give them ways to overcome that, heal that, and move into seeing the abundance in all of life's challenges and beauty. And so my background is in event planning. Um, I'm used to just bringing out the beauty and things, seeing where we can make nothing out of, make something out of nothing, right? And I bring that work inside as well, where I am looking at what I've been given and seeing how I can use that to heal myself and others. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So how did you get into this work, of abundant work with women? Was there something that was happening in your life or something that you were seeing around you? What was actually happening? Um, so you know, more to my background, uh, after event planning, I was called to give back to the community And so I started volunteering at a nonprofit organization for teens. And through that work, I was doing workshop facilitation, mindset training with the teens. And I realized that while I was making progress with them, the work needed to be continued at home. And so my focus then went to the mothers. If you can heal the mother, then you can heal the home. Um, And then also... It can be passed down from generation to generation if it's a practice. And so I started doing workshop for the women, for mothers, for wives. And that just has led me down the path of like coaching, um, individual and group coaching, workshop facilitation, um, consulting organizations, um, leadership coaching. So just uh, across the board, working on the mindsets for individuals and organizations. Wow, that sounds exciting. Sounds like beautiful work. You know, so what kinds of things are you seeing that people like sort of themes across these different spaces that you're in? 
what are some of the themes that you are seeing that you know are common themes that people are dealing with in regards to healing themselves, mindset, these sorts of things that you you look at? A trend that I've been seeing is uh, fear, fear, fear of the unknown. And also just the limiting beliefs that were passed down to us from generation to generation. Also a lack of self-love. You know, everybody says that they love themselves, but it's shown in our actions that there's more work to do in how we treat ourselves and talk to ourselves and how we treat others. That's very interesting. So give me an example of that when you say that you know, people say they love themselves, but you're seeing in the work that you're doing that it's really not the way it could be. Could you give an example of, of that and what that might look like and what you've seen? Yeah, definitely. So one example might be eating, eating habits. You're into the food business and wellness um, and telling yourself, I can't give up beef. I can't give up sugar. I can't give up bread. That's a limiting belief. And when you do your own research, you know, you see that these things aren't good for you, but you're going to eat them anyway. That's a simple form of a lack of self-love because more than how something tastes, you want to eat to live, not live to eat, right? You want to focus on your wellness. What sacrifices are you willing to make so that your body can be its best self and work to its best capability? So that's just one example. Mm, girl, you know you talk in my language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I find that um, people have a difficult time doing something different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that mindset work, like what are some of the things that you, you do um, and you talk about when you are helping to shift mindsets so that people can really get into the work of self-interrogation and healing. Like, what are some of the things that if you could sort of, you know, describe it, what are some of the things that people need to go through in order to shift their mindset? You need to talk to someone that can hear you, that can listen. A lot of times, you know, you go to your friends and they're listening to respond. Or you guys have the same exact mindset, so they can't really tell you anything outside of what you really already know. But when you can talk to someone that can hear the limiting beliefs, reflect them back to you, speak it to you, and be open to changing, like, wow, okay, well, what can I, we're going to stay on the topic of food to keep it short. What can I do to change and implement that change step by step? But a lot of people say, you don't know what you're talking about. Like we're on the defense, we're resistant. So the first thing is being open to change, right? Being aware that there, there are limitations there. So I would say awareness is first and then being open to the change. Once you do that, then you'll start to see where you need to implement the steps to transformation. So have you always, would you say this abundant perspective that you really talk about, which I love, I love the way you frame that. Do you feel like in your journey to where you are, because, you know, I, I see you have two children now, young mom, wife. Do you feel like in your journey that you've sort of had this abundant perspective 
Um, or, you know, has that something, has that been something that you've had to work towards developing for yourself um, so that you can sort of really relate to the people that you work with? What's your, what's your story? What's your journey? <laughs> yeah, I think I've always had an abundant perspective, but it was just looking in a different direction. And now I've been able through the work to look and see a bigger picture. So my healing journey, uh, um, I was just like everyone else, just kind of group think, um, following trends, but then also had my uniqueness. And it was the birth of my son that kind of like started this transformation. Are you frozen? Okay, you were so still. Um, it started this transformation and my, the birth of my son brought up a lot of fear. A lot of fear. And I mean, it, it caused so much anxiety. I think you, even one time I was telling you about this, just driving down the highway, I would always think that like, we're gonna die, like driving in a car. Like this was the fear because I was just feeling so much love the fear of losing it overpowered me. And so um, I started to work with someone to really talk about what the fear is. Is it a valid fear? Um, acknowledge the fear. And through that work, I started realizing that there was a lot of conditioning um, from cultural beliefs, you know, taking on parental beliefs, beliefs of the community that stifled me. And once I noticed those beliefs and started to look back at my life and just really reflect, I saw how those beliefs showed up um, in different areas. And so I started to go into the forgiveness work, forgiving myself, forgiving others, gratitude work, um, really asking myself the questions of what do I want? Who am I? How do I want to live and be? And from that, started using affirmations, sound healing, meditation, breath work, visualization to get to this place where abundant perspective, I can look at life's challenges and not blame, shame, feel guilt, take accountability with love and compassion. That's beautiful. And, you know, I think the thing that's really interesting about what you say is it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you just, you did it and then that's it. It's really work that we have to do all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And re-examine. So the fear sometimes sets back in and then we have mm -hmm. to face it head on. We have to address it and they ha we mm -hmm. have tools that we can use to help us to navigate those those moments when the fear or whatever that limiting belief, whatever it is, sets back in, right? And so for you, um, did anything change for you? What was your perspective? How, if you could measure it, because you now have a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. what, what kinds of things came up for you in terms of perspective? You know, little girl now, two children now, right? What What kinds of things? were you feeling in that space? 
Okay, so how did my perspective change, you're saying, from then to now? Well, <clears throat> one, that healing is not linear, it's circular. And so before, my perspective was always striving um, to move past something and, and suppress it and forget about it. Versus now, I'm able to embrace it and look at it and learn about it. Um, notice the patterns and the awareness of, okay, this is going to come up and be aware of when it comes up and use those tools that I didn't have before when it does come back up. Um, my perspective now is more about forgiveness versus, you know, just cutting people off, trying to like understand um, use compassion. My perspective now is is all about love. <laughs> Before, you know, it was more about like trying to become, and now it's about being. Um, in terms of having a daughter, <laughs> I know, right? Having the daughter is very sweet. It's a sweet experience. And I realized that, you know, when I, when I first wanted to have a baby, it was like, I got to have a boy. I need to have a boy first because boys are easier. And I just don't know where we get that. We've been conditioned to believe that. And, uh, <laughs> but it also speaks to how we feel about ourselves too, right? And so when I found out that I was having a girl, I mean, it was... I was so excited that I almost didn't want to believe it, right? And you're like, well, I got to wait and see till she come. I got to check. <laughs> and it's, it's realizing before that I was afraid of myself. Mm. And now that she's here, realizing that I have so much to give, so much to share, um, and it excites me you know, to give her all the tools that I now use versus before feeling like I don't know what to do, so I'd rather not have a girl. Mm. So do you feel like it was that? I mean, you may not have articulated it in that way, but I think I want to go back to what you said because I do hear a mom say, I'm, I'm, I'm all boy, I'm all boy. Mm -hmm. Easy. I have heard that narrative before. Mm -hmm. and, and you said um, it's, it's you not looking at yourself. So I wanted you to kind of go a little deeper there. What do you mean by it's you not looking at yourself when you're saying things like, you know, I just want this one versus this one, this kind of baby? But you, you know, unpack that for me. Yeah. So for me, when I say that, I'm saying that you haven't forgiven your past. You haven't been compassionate with your inner child. And so you rather avoid come, like facing her. And a lot of times when we, when we look at our children, we're looking at ourselves. And so <clears throat> instead of doing that inner work, we just say, you know what? I don't even want to deal with it. A girl is too much. They're too sassy. You know, they, 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 they're that, that shows me that there's more work for you to do internally, more grace, more compassion, more forgiveness, more self-acceptance. Mm. 
more seeing more of seeing the beauty that having a girl is is awesome like she has a womb <laughs> like that's a whole nother level is isn't that a whole nother level and you know what's, yes. what's beautiful someone once told me that when you have a daughter when you you're able to mm-hmm. create your daughter right and let's say you are around to see her create her daughter mm-hmm. add that daughter in your mm-hmm. yes you were born yes it never happens like that of course through the the boys Mm-hmm. So a mother being able to see her grandchild that's a doctor mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. oh my god i've had you right in here forever and mm-hmm. that's who you are what a right. reflection of yourself right isn't that dope mm-hmm. <laughs> that's beautiful that's an abundant perspective right there yeah, I mean, just like your mother's going through that. Your mom, mm-hmm. like three generations, your mother had her in her womb and now she's right there behold, beholding. Behold, yep. here I am in the world. Yep, yep. But if you don't love yourself, it's going to be hard to look at your children. It's going to be hard to look at your grandchildren. So you see generations of women mistreating each other because the self-love isn't there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Isn't that deep? It's deep. It's deep. We here to heal Black women, though. Heal ourselves and heal each other and heal the next seven generations. Yes. So I'm with COVID, I'm just curious. You live in New York. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, New York was one of those places where there was a lot going on with COVID a few months back. Um, the mm-hmm. timing of this podcast so, you know, I'm just wondering from a healing perspective, like what kinds of things were you seeing? What kinds of things were you feeling? What kinds of things are you still working through because you're still there? Um, and, you know, your clients, the people that you're working with, what kind of energy are you experiencing being in that space since it was such a, a huge loss of lives in New York? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so a lot of people were anxious. They were feeling just a lot of fear about going outside, about being about being home, about not being outside. Especially a lot of social butterfly clients being out in the world and now having to really sit at home and reflect. That was scary for a lot of people. And that change took them completely left. And I saw a lot of interfamily issues coming up, which again, with abundant perspective is a good thing, right? Aside from the lives lives lost, um, people were able to really sit at home and deal with the drama and trauma that we've been running from with the busyness of work and happy hours and everything else going on, you had to really sit at home and face what life was was looking like for you. And so I went into a ritual um, for me that keeps me grounded and I share all my rituals and tools with clients. So that's a lot of meditation, that's breathing. Um, I started even for myself, just doing more tantric practices to come into oneness with myself 
balancing that divine masculine and feminine, um, uh, taking classes, more courses on mastering metamorphosis with a wonderful organization called So Wisdom Center uh, with Karma Cloud. And that was teaching even me how to go through this change of being at home. That was a lot of movement work, yoga, flow. And so I actually took the pandemic to be with myself. Um, and, you know, I would share <clears throat> the work that I was doing with others, but it was a really a focus on self during this, the last six months, um, going through my own changes of coming undone, looking at where my work was, and then working with others that were further along on the path so that I can bring myself back into wholeness. So that's what the pandemic was like for me. It was about looking, looking within. Beautiful. And so, you know, um, as we wrap up, I wanna know, you know, if you can give this, this podcast is all about healing me first and you gave mm -hmm. some of the things that you, you've done. Um, what would be some things based on the work that you do, some offerings that you can just look, give to our listeners you know, in regards to that that first line of healing, like what kinds of things would you recommend if there are any for them to really start thinking about self-healing? Yes. <clears throat> I have three pillars of self-healing. I mean, there's a lot of tools that we can use, but forgiveness, forgive yourself. You did the best you could with what you knew. Gratitude, be grateful for your experiences, find things to be grateful for, be grateful for your life, look at the learning, be grateful for the learning, right? Don't get caught up in the narrative, but look at what was this experience trying to teach me? How can I grow from this? With love and compassion, right? Because you can't have an experience and say, well, I'm never doing that again. That's fear-based. How can I do this again differently? Self-acceptance, looking at yourself honestly, truthfully, and saying, this is what I'm good at. This is where I can use more work. And start to accept the things about you that you wish you could change. For me, those three things lead you into deeper self-love and into a greater awareness. And then you'll start to attract the tools that are best for you. You'll start to attract the community when you start aligning with love. You'll start to attract all of your desires. So yeah, just keep it short. Forgiveness, gratitude, self-acceptance. I love that. So Lanise, tell people how they can connect with you, um, some of your offerings. If there's anything that's coming up, just please let the, let's let the listeners know how they could connect, girl. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> you can we see me on Instagram. We underscore create shop. Um, I have a website, createshopplanning.com. Uh, so you can email me there um, and then I will contact you back right away for individual coaching, group coaching, a workshop facilitation and consultation for organizations. 
Um, I also have a workout class. It's a free workout class every morning from 7 to 7.30 where we're accountability partners on the journey. So we're working on our inside and our outside during the call. We don't listen to music, but we listen to affirmations and we listen to positive talks while we're working out on our bodies. So you can get to know me there and then you'll learn even more about um, things that I have coming up. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much for participating in this podcast, Healing Me First. For those of you who are listening, Chef B, that's me. Uh, you can check me out at chefb.com. And remember, that stands for Be Empowered, Energized, and Engaged. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Healing Me First. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you are looking to transition to a plant-based diet and are in need of support with your meals, then visit EssentialMealsToGo.com and check out our services. We offer three-day, four-day, and five-day plans. Elevate your meals today and visit EssentialMealsTheNumber2Go.com to learn more.